Hey everybody, uh, what you're about to hear is one of the funnest recording sessions we've ever had for an episode of Dead Horse. It's an ex- episode we're extremely excited to share with all of y'all, which of course means that something weird happened to my audio and the original track sounded like I was recording from inside that powerless bunker that Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten in at the end of Jurassic Park. So we replaced that audio track with uh, the Zoom recording, which works pretty well. You might hear occasional bits of weirdness. Um, When I'm talking, some lower quality voices might pop in, maybe some overlap, maybe a weird stuttery thing. But for the most part, it works. And when everybody else is talking, it sounds just fine. So with that in mind, please enjoy. Go hug your three uncles. Go pick up each of your uncles in your hands and clink them together like it's a New Year's toast. It's Casper a Spirited Beginning. 1888. Louis Le Prince films Roundhay Garden scene in Leeds, England, believed to be the first motion picture ever recorded. 1895. With L'arrivée d'un train en gare de la Ciotat, or arrival of a train at Ciotat Station, the Lumiere brothers dupe theaters full of French idiots into thinking they got a train into the theater and it's going to run over the audience. Indeed, some film historians still claim ghostly cries of non, non, le train still echo through the halls of the theater in which it was first exhibited. 1931, Fritz Lang's M, a progenitor of the police procedural drama and a masterwork intention in its own right, premieres in Berlin. Its lurid subject matter and cutting-edge sound design ensures its status as a landmark of cinematic achievement. 2005, Must Love Dogs, starring John Cusack and Diane Lane, smashes into the forefront of the cultural consciousness with the force of a swung titanium bat. Not many people can't quote some of the famous lines from Must Love Dogs, starring John Cusack and Diane Lane, and open mics the world over are inundated with young comics doing impressions of John Cusack and Diane Lane in Must Love Dogs. But all these landmarks of film history pale and shit their pants in comparison to Casper, a spirited beginning, a movie which dares to ask, what if a dead kid met three dead uncles who look like police sketches of the Mucinex booger and they taught him how to make rage comic faces and befriend a child who we must assume is 1997's Guinness record holder for kids you get pissed off at the most. <laughs> Dead Horse, a podcast about under-discussed, underseen, and overextended film franchises, is proud to celebrate this legacy. I love this movie, and I can confidently state that my two co-hosts and our guests, who, guest whom I have never met before today, also love this movie unreservedly and won't say anything bad about it. <laughs> That was amazing. Finn. Reggie A. Dixon Cashwell. I, I felt the need to create, to make something of my own after watching this film. And that's, that's, no! what, good art, that's what good art does. No! You can't, you can't do that. You can't say things like that after what we went through. I have that's a quick just question. your mental illness. Okay. <laughs> Dixon, what did you say was the the French refrain for "Oh no, a train is coming towards me"? I oh, know a train. No, <laughs> no, le train. That's that's sort of my equivalent of a go 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 ghost, and then someone does backflips away. People look at PJ and go, "Le train." <laughs> <laughs>
And I really wish they wouldn't. It's disgusting. <laughs> that they do that. I like that. to imagine you guys do that intro for every movie. <laughs> like, you do this, and then you give the synopsis of that episode's movie every time. <laughs> Crazy that it took us 50 episodes of that yeah. intro to eventually get to Casper's spirit. <laughs> to make yeah, it yeah. make sense. You know, we've been confused for like a year and a half. It um, is totally fucked that this was the first time where I was like, let me prepare for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, God. yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't have a bad thing to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? I guess this is as good a chance as any for me to introduce our guest. Uh, Today we're talking about Casper, A Spirited Beginning, and our guest is, um, for my money, one of the best comedians in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, co-creator, co-star of the web series, I'll Take It. Uh, Seanic Godcandy is in the fucking stable. Seanic, thank you for wasting your time with us today. (laughs) Oh man, I'm so happy to be wasting my time and to have... uh, had another reason to watch the cinematic masterpiece. That's for a spirited beginning. <laughs> you were going to watch it anyway. I was going to watch it anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's weird we caught you when you were like sort of in that mood already. Yeah, I think PJ and I first met at CasperCon. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we're, were getting an autograph signed by 35-year-old actor. Hold on, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> 35-year-old actor, Brendan Ryan Barrett, who plays... Introducing... Yeah. (laughs) Introducing Brendan Ryan Barrett. Um. Kyle Mooney, Brendan Ryan Bennett. Fatso, and Kaibosh. With Polly Shore and Snivel (laughs) and Arcade Fire. (laughs) And musical guest, Arcade Fire. <laughs> yeah, when we went to CasperCon, uh he was he was really impressed with my uh my stinky cosplay. And I, was like, <laughs> yeah, I just smell so like natural. this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. It was the most effortless stinky cosplay I've ever That's seen. F- <laughs> First olfactory cosplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a landmark in the scene. I had to lay in manure for four days just so that I could be ready for CasperCon. Seanic, um, one of the reasons that I, I wanted to kind of like bring you to the show and that I, I thought that you were kind of like a match for this somehow, which was never intended to feel like a backhanded compliment, but now here we are, is... Um, <laughs> I feel like across your stand-up and your web series, I'll take it, and and any of the stuff that I've seen you do, you have this like, you have this really good understanding of like what is funny about outdated cartoon tropes and like cartooniness in and of itself, um, of of shit like people jumping through walls and it leaving a perfect outline of their body and ears and the shape of their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> What was um what were some of like the cartoons that you you grew up particularly into? Was it just like Looney Tunes, SpongeBob kind of stuff or like like what what kind of stuff did you watch around the time that Casper a Spirited Beginning would have been getting sold to people our age? Wow, one what a incredible and uh, thoughtful compliment. I love cartoons, so anytime I get described in the same sentence as one is a win. Um <laughs> 
I yeah, definitely a lot of Looney Tunes. My grandfather and I would watch a lot of Looney Tunes together. And then anything on Cartoon Network like Dexter's Lab and Johnny Bravo at um at Ed and Eddie. All that stuff was the best. SpongeBob, obviously. And then, you know what's funny? Like, I was talking about this recently. Shows like Mr. Bean or, like, the old Pink Panther movies with Peter Mm -hmm. Sellers, those were live-action movies that had a very cartoon quality to them. Yes. Um, It would take – they took, like, um, things that Chaplin was doing and, you know, comedies from back in that era and then added just a little bit more um, color and – action which mm-hmm. made them feel a little bit more cartoony so i, I was definitely watching <laughs> a lot of cartoons and then stuff like mr bean and a lot of those physical comedies um in 1997 and around that time and it kind of prepared you for this yeah i uh i think without that i probably would have gotten into anaphylactic shock watching this movie <laughs> without <laughs> la- laying that groundwork <laughs> this movie had so many wonderful CGI. Also, PJ sent me a YouTube link to watch it. So I was watching it in like 240p. We all did too. You did? Okay, great. Okay, awesome. I wonder what he made for dinner. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what their faces looked like. Yeah, Yeah, I have no idea. That scene where he has a donut and it transitions into the tire looks so crazy on 240p. (laughs) Like a cinematographer had planned that shot out and that transition and it made it into the editing room and then watching it at 240p felt like such an insult. (laughs) Uh, But for the rest of it, it felt really appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for the rest of it. Just that one shot is like, yeah, no, like we deserve some 1080, but on the wheel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, it was tricky to watch this. Um, and just wonder what was really supposed to have gone on. What I will say is I know she just loves that mansion. And she will do anything <laughs> to keep it there. And, like, that's what citizens do. And that's, like, that's the only thing I could really tell <laughs> that I could really surmise <laughs> from the whole movie. was, like, she, like, really wants to keep that stuff up, so... I, uh, this movie for me, I, I mean, I'm excited to talk about it, but also I don't really know how to like broach the conversation because I feel like no mere words can kind of get across the like immediate, like, and strange, uh, (laughs) high of this movie. And it, it sounds like it can either be like a very good or very bad trip. Like maybe, you know, you decide to leave your apartment and you find some sprinklers and you like play in them a little bit, (laughs) or maybe Uh it's like snowing outside and the inside of your apartment is, is like really dark. And then someone puts on like a hundred gecks when you weren't expecting and you're like, Oh, this is going to last eight more hours. Um, I, I, the vibes for me were good. I, Mm -hmm. I can't explain why or defend any choice in this movie, but I came out thinking that was a, that was a great way to spend an hour and a half. Yeah. No, I I can't disagree with you, dude. Also, can we, we should talk about this insane cast. Yeah, it is fucking stacked. Let's get Rodney in there, I guess. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. You see him like three minutes into the movie and he's hilarious. He's being Rodney. 
Then we then we got Michael McKean, who's a great actor. He was in Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Polly Shore, James Earl Jones, um, Ben Stein, Sherman Hemsley from um, what is um, Jet the Jeffersons. And I mean, come on, Steve Gutenberg from It Takes Two with Mary Kate and Ashley. That's right. He's only a dad in the '90s to me, and he will be nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> I think they killed him after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, did. they shot him in 2000. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, we can't keep going. <laughs> A lot of people don't remember that was George W. Bush's first edict as president. It's hunt down Steve Gutenberg. That's the one thing I agree with. Um, yeah, I I hate to be a hater. I you know I wasn't in a great headspace when I watched this, and uh, I did have to like watch some last night, watch some today, both after stressful events. So like, didn't mm. hit for me. I think it would have really hit if I had like a friend (laughs) yeah or just like someone witnessing that i had to do it you know like a little ghost like if a (laughs) ghost like if a ghost like needed me to teach it how to haunt and i inexplicably (laughs) not afraid of them doesn't change my worldview that there are ghosts i'm like fuck yeah let's we're actually best friends after two hours <laughs> i wish i had three uncles to watch Casper spirit in the beginning with this is just a way the whole movie was a way someone asked the creators of casper the original film and they were like why are these three like like tobacco chewing ghosts new jersey guys yeah why are they the uncle of this little boy that died in the early 1900s and they're like Give me two years, <laughs> and I will. I will answer your question in a really, Give me two years. really long way. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like what I got from it. But um, you know, I did have a great time. I think Steve Guttenberg's choices were so funny. <laughs> I've never seen a dad behave that way, so that made it really worth it for me. <laughs> One of my favorite lines he has is. I'm going to make it up to you tonight is going to be crazy fun time guy time. Or something. <laughs> what is that? What is the thing they call it? They're like uh, crazy you said guy it good. time. That's correct. What you Didn't said. you call yeah. it wild and crazy guy night? Yeah, wild and crazy guy time. <laughs> he, he knows that like... his little six-year-old child is just a big 70s Steve Martin had. My favorite Gutenberg moment is when uh, there's a fire in his office and he tries to put it out by hitting it with a briefcase, and the whole time he's just going, hey, 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 hey. He yelled like he was doing voiceover work, <laughs> and like he wasn't being filmed. Like he was like, well, they can't see me. I just have to get this across. <laughs> and with that mustache and goatee combo, which I don't really know his body of work like that. I'm not an It Takes Two like police academy head over here. <laughs> But with with the facial hair that he grew out for this film, he is looking like his own evil twin. Yeah. It doesn't look good. He's... I, no, go ahead. What a good dad. <laughs> he, has, he has the dad hair. I called my dad right after I said, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks for, for never doing that. Yeah, fucking Casper, Casper's spirited beginning did for dads what, what Ladybird did for moms. <laughs> just like, I should reach out. You know, you could have been more like him, which would have been better, but you did what you could with the resources you had. 
<laughs> Wait, I have a Sean. Have you ever seen the first Casper? Um, no, uh, I have seen it in a long time, oh, okay. but it was it, it was in like the uh, waiting room of a pediatrics office when I was like ten. So no, <laughs> yes, but no. You don't. That's so crazy that you mostly just watched this. That's so unbelievable. Like, like just for for context, like I just rewatched Casper. I liked it a lot when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it in like twenty years. I just rewatched it last week, and I I wept like twice. Yeah, like that was the level of good. I mean, it's still like we we dubbed it a, a great crappy movie. It still like is what it, but it is leagues above this movie like i can't explain wow. it this felt like a computer game better. a fan made you know? <laughs> is this the steepest movie one to movie two drop we've ever had in a series 100 i oh. i agree even as this film's uh champion i because <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it bad <laughs> yeah well because just the first one is I mean it definitely has a lot of moments of like I, I you know jokes that are just sort of like pop cultural references uh, at the time you know like right. that kind of thing but there is a, an undercurrent of like uh, earnestness and and genuine yes. sentiment that runs through the whole thing yeah. which this one completely abandoned <laughs> there is not a moment where you're asked to take anything being felt seriously <laughs> to, i mean like talking about steve's performance i mean it just couldn't be more different than the last dad of the movie's performance <laughs> which, which was like oscar award worthy of just like how did he bring so much truth to this movie and then and then we got steve who said I'm busy. My personal life is really crazy right now. <laughs> I've got to impress Mayor Dangerfield. So I'm ripping down all your posters, you fucking nerd. You've got an overactive imagination. He was giving dad in Troll 2 vibes. Yeah. Like the, the moment where like the dad like pulls off his belt and is yelling at him like, I'm tightening my belt by two notches so I don't feel hunger pains. Your mother and sister will have to do likewise. Like... The, the one moment in this where you are asked to kind of feel something earnest is when Gutenberg is going just like verbal beast mode on his on his little fucking Moppet child <laughs> is when he's just going fucking ape shit on his kid for lying to him about a ghost that he was supposed to see outside of that window. And you, you know really? what? I'd do the same thing if my son denied me a chance to see a ghost. <laughs> yeah, and tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> my son tricked me again. That's why he won't chill with him. He's a fucking trickster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son like, is I a little trickster. I fucking get it. You really went fucking crazy on him. <laughs> like, I could not believe, like, like just the the just the intensity that he was yelling i was like this is like truly dysfunctional <laughs> I, I heard there's a deleted scene where he hits him yeah they had to cut it there's a there's two different versions <laughs> <laughs> the explicit the explicit is spirited beginning version <laughs> release the sean mcnamara cut <laughs> 
that uh that mythical spongebob episode where fucking squidward like commits suicide on that same like creepy pasta wiki there's like in the extended cut of a spirited beginning steve gutenberg hits his song <laughs> it's the same movie but like 43 minutes in he gets hit and he's like not at the moment that you'd expect <laughs> like he way before the big fight way yeah, before yeah, yeah. he was like why didn't you show up because <laughs> <laughs> i was busy you twerp he says that i can't believe he says that yeah, wait he says that. he says you twerp no 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 <laughs> Wow, no, no. I'm starting in to this, believe the myth. Well, not in this In the cut. Mac America. Yeah. In the <laughs> Mac America. Yeah, so that's only funny because it didn't happen. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, yeah, he's, he's his parenting is, let's just say, he needs a little help. And he needs a little help from us, cute-ass teacher. Um, we should probably do a summary. I'm not willing yes. to do it, though. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, so this movie opens with not just a, a refutation of the events of the first film, but pretty much every religion on earth as well. <laughs> what definitively happens when you die is you get on a train with like four other ghosts and you get dropped off in New England to meet your afterlife shift manager. Um, but on this train, Casper, uh, gets dumped out by a ghost jock and instead ends up in a town where he meets a little boy who believes in ghosts, his overworked father, and, uh, three other ghosts with, uh, accents that, uh, you'd get rejected from a mad TV audition for, for them being too broad. Um, they are from New Jersey, these ghosts. Let me tell you. 100%. Um, so we follow the, the stories of Casper befriending this little lad. Um, this little lad trying to get his father to wake up to the fact that they never spend any time together because his father is too busy uh, tearing down buildings in this town. Um, the father trying to blow up a mansion in which the ghostly trio live and the ghostly trio trying to teach Casper how to be scary. All the while we occasionally cut back to, um, I mean, it's like Nichols and May. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, the, the, the cinematic comedy pairing of James Earl Jones and Pauly Shore. It's like Pryor and Wilder. It's like, <laughs> It's, it's like Fry and Laurie, that classic comedy duo. Um, they're trying to kidnap both Casper and the ghostly trio to um, basically re-educate them in the afterlife as to how to be the best ghost. So there's a lot of moving parts. I didn't even mention Michael McKean as a demolition guy who they hire to blow up the mansion. Um, Jesus Christ. I thought great. this movie was simpler than it was when I started, but there's a lot of small machinery. It's like a Swiss watch. And as precise, <laughs> for sure. As well-oiled, as well-maintained. Yeah. As precise. This is like a watch that only has two and nine on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's... um. 
There, there've, there've been a couple times on this podcast that we've reviewed something and I've been like, should we be doing this? Like we review movies, not this. And like Casper, a spirited beginning, like it doesn't even feel like a, like a children's movie. It this doesn't. Is, this is a videotape for dogs. This, <laughs> this is a thing that you put on when, you, when you're leaving town for a while. And you're just it, worried about your labradoodle just tearing up the couch without stimuli. It, I think it, if you showed this to someone that had a concussion, it would get worse. <laughs> <laughs> the heart rate monitor getting slower and slower. <laughs> Just minutes in between beeps by the end. <laughs> it would be better to go to sleep with a concussion than watch this <laughs> <other> concussion. <laughs> yeah, I do think it made me dumber. But <laughs> in a the fun movie way. is so confident too. It moves at just a, a pace of. an olympian and 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 it just you know it doesn't second guess itself at any point it's just like yeah we meant to do that that's exactly what's happening yeah every character has very specific motivations and (laughs) that no one talks to each other they just kind of like full steam ahead in their own lane and the outcome is the outcome. <laughs> like, they just are, like, individual wrecking balls moving in different directions. Yeah, and that's <laughs> not just whatever. that's not just the actors and the CGI ghosts. That's, like, two actors in the same room in the same shot. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like Gutenberg and his secretary just screaming. <laughs> his secretary actually did a good job acting. I don't, I don't know who she was. Yeah, she was she alone, though. She was by herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was like, isn't your kid going to be lonely? And he was like, he will be okay. <laughs> like, okay He's fine. Sure? He's five. <laughs> also, <laughs> can you make dinner? There's, yeah, you're completely right. Um, pretty much every line of this dialogue is somebody just saying their worldview again. <laughs> like, <laughs> every, every line is just, here's what motivates me. And yeah. And yeah, just thank God all of these like dominoes fell um, outside of personal motivation in such a way that this can get wrapped up. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite insane things that Lori Laughlin says is when he's like, my dad thinks I have an overactive imagination. And she's like, imaginations are great. They can help you do a lot of things like stopping someone from blowing up a mansion. <laughs> it's like, why? You talk like that? Why do you talk like that? <laughs> That's Slash, not a way to talk. Keep your politics to yourself. He's 10. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let him go to bed. Like, what are we doing here? See, young boy. Six years old, he's a bargaining chip in the city politics. <laughs> yeah. Of, like, of whatever the city's called, Doodlesburg, something like that. It's like Deeds, it's like Deeds Town. She's like, you left your binder also What's your dad up to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just like, fuck. You like, doing anything? Sp- supposed to be teaching them how to read, and she's like painting save the mansion signs while all the students <laughs> yeah. are like waiting. I'm like, I feel like there are more important things right now than that one mansion that I, I don't know why you love it so much. I know. <laughs> Gonna graduate elementary school still not knowing seven of the letters. Like... <laughs> <laughs> You only know how to spell save the mansion when you leave her class. (laughs) That's all you know.
I, I don't want to like overstate or overhype my position here. I'm doing a bit, I'm doing a bit for a lot of this is comic effect, but I will say that like watching this movie did bring me like way more joy than I've gotten out of watching something in a while. Like mm. when, when I'm by myself and I'm watching something, it's extremely rare that I laugh. Like I laugh pretty freely and easily when I'm watching something with friends. But even if I'm watching a comedy um, that I think is really funny and that I will say to my friends afterwards, like you have to check this out. This is so funny. It's rare that I actually like do any kind of a laugh beyond just sort of like a... <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. towards the start of this one, uh, there is a protest outside of the mansion to try to prevent it from getting torn down. And the three ghosts start, you know, wreaking havoc just to no, get everybody no, away from no, no. it. And I like fully like at my desk alone, empty home, buckled over in my desk chair, howling actual haws, not silent when... <laughs> Uh, Fatso gets up to one of the protesters and says, let me get in there, swims into his mouth and says, because possession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> He's just doing a pun on possessing someone, I guess. He's doing racy stuff lately. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fatso's comedy career has had such an incredible trajectory. Really has. Well, there's really also has. the moment where he goes, hey, this is a no-parking zone. Which is kind of a play on words, kind of a pun <laughs> on the phrase, this is a no parking zone. <laughs> sort of like a double entendre. This uh, this is very Dixon core. The yeah. the kind of like the kind of hell fuck of like these these hideous graphics. This like <laughs> this like ow my eyes put on UV rays, sunglasses, CGI, and this like <laughs> this I, no offense to the kid, respectfully, we mean this with the utmost respect and compassion, <laughs> but this ugly, stupid fucking kid, this is like, this is on the bullseye for like, for being Cashwell core. Absolutely. Everything <laughs> just looks like shit. I, I, there's no other way to put it. I can't expound upon that or look for other words. That's just what it is. Yeah. Like. It it gave, it reminded me a lot of reboot. Do you remember reboot? Oh yeah. It reminded me of reboot, but without like the cool idea behind it. <laughs> yeah, this, the idea behind this one is: what if a kid died, and that was fun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever do we? Did you guys watch the first one? Do we find out? What was Casper's sure. real life story? Yeah, we learned it all, and you know, it's a different town. It's a different mansion. He, I guess, forgot, but th- then he remembers in the last movie. But what happens is he he goes sledding and he gets pneumonia afterwards. Oh no! Yeah, and so he like dies, and like in the mansion, it was like his father's mansion, who was like an incredible inventor, and he like created all these cool gadgets and stuff that he was like Casper was very aware of. So I'm like, we're in another town, like we're in a different house. Like, where's my dad? Like, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> They really pulled a leprechaun on this right now, but, like, parallel? Yeah. There's lots of Caspers. 
actually maybe maybe there's like maybe Casper isn't like one kid who's like beholden to this mad scientist oh. turn of the century inventor maybe this is just maybe this is what every like little bald boy and like aborted kid looks like in the afterlife <laughs> when they have to get put on like maybe the, like, every Maybe different towns, every town has its own Casper. Yeah. Kind of like the Blue Man Group, you know, like when you go to Mi- <laughs> when you go to Miami, it's one Casper. When you're in Vegas, it's a different Casper. <laughs> go somewhere, Miami's Casper. I'm Seattle's hottest Casper. Um. Maybe Casper is like, like it's a ghost rank, like it's it's casper and then if you do enough you you get to the rank of uncle and then... <laughs> yeah and then you become kibosh yeah and then... when you scare enough people you work your way up to the rank of getting to abuse other ghosts yeah and just get, get a... big and green yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get to call children bulb head and shit like that don't say that unless you're a ghost oh shit. yeah that's their word <laughs> that's PJ. fucked up i'm sorry Damn. Story. That's really nuts. Um, you just like wake up from your ghostly rest one day and like, meow, gee. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, you leveled up to uncle. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Radical self love. <laughs> I've been cutting out the toxic people lately. <laughs> That's the first step to becoming uncle. (laughs) Hey, these fleshies in this mansion aren't sparking joy. (laughs) Yeah, fleshies and a bone bag. That was the two human slurs I learned. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we should have, like, a kind of reclamation with those. Like, as humans. Yeah, we should be able to reclaim I feel like we should be able to say that, actually. PJ, I'm sorry. I came for you. I feel like we should reclaim it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm swerving away from this riff. I'm turning the we, we can call each other bone bag. Yeah. We've I mean, had to deal fine. with ghosts calling us bone bag for... <laughs> We're not getting want... canceled over bone bag. We're yeah, not. I think it's okay to say Ben bone bag. <laughs> Did you listen to the latest episode of Dead Horse? NGL, they said some fucked up stuff. <laughs> SJW and Uncle Personality, <laughs> Dixon Casual exposes podcast for using bone bag slur. The B slur. Peterson crushes Uncle into bed. <laughs> Cash when Shapiro destroys uncle in audience. <laughs> Cashwell uncut B word ran. <laughs> Cashwell's uncut comedy store B word ran. Just Rogan tomorrow. Like, have you seen this uh, bone bag story? I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you say that. But have you seen that bone bag? Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I don't, I don't have anything against them, but I'm just... Just, just some SWAT team guy that has no idea what's happening. Oh, no, tell me about it. <laughs> so, Shonik, as a, as a fan of um, 
animation. Uh, how would you say this movie looks? Were you guys not impressed at the fact that they had CGI ghosts that also were semi-transparent? How did they do that? I don't know how they did that. Because <laughs> if it was just like Stop a it. full... <laughs> no. 100% opacity. Because I would be like, that's not that cool. But I could see stuff behind them. I think that's pretty amazing. Your bar is so low. You're like, they they acted like ghosts. <laughs> I like that it was kind of transparent. I they, think weren't cool. op- they weren't opaque, so like, good work. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> I also, my favorite animation in the whole, I have two, uh, well, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, three. Uh, top three animated moments, watchmojo.com, uh, from Casper from Spirit at the beginning. One, the train was great. Two, when he eats the um, dynamite angle and expands out, that is hilarious to me. That's a visual gag that I had to... Like rewatch because two forty p didn't do it justice. You are so. Um, will you watch my short? I feel like you're gonna give me really nice feedback. <laughs> please, I would love to watch your short. I also eat dynamite in it, so I feel like, like in particular, like, it's gonna really resonate with you. But like, I don't know, something about your energy like feels safe. Um, please, please show me the short. This, I want to see it, especially this, if you eat dynamite. Yeah, for sure. That's like the whole thing. It's just well, okay. <laughs> okay. It's really short. Um, <laughs> it's really short. It's super short, but it's like got a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, no, this is, the the CGI in Casper, the first Casper is, like, it, like, is, like, Jurassic Parky still holds up as fun. Uh, okay. You know? Yes. This is, like, you know, again, it really is something that a child made. <laughs> like, it looks so Yeah, crazy. it, like... The we we've we've been talking a little bit about the the jump off from like the ninety five movie to the ninety seven movie, which is a very short period of time for this to go so wrong so fast. But like the the speed round version on like what the deal is with like the first one is it's like it's Amblin Entertainment. It's like a Steven Spielberg produced like like it's kind of a pet project of his, and a lot of his like best most trusted crew members. Um, play, like, way harder than they have to. Like, this beautifully shot, beautifully scored, like, revolutionary special effects movie, um, edited by Spielberg's editor randomly. Um, Where did the money go? Where did it go? So I have an answer for this. I was wondering the whole time, and I knew you'd bring it to me. I love you. (laughs) This This is what I was born for is to tell you movie trivia facts of Casper, A Spirited Beginning. This is this is my peak, and as soon as this episode is done, I'm going to eat dynamite. Um, <laughs> Casper 1 made, like, a bunch of money for Universal, and they had talked a little bit about a sequel. Christina Ricci didn't want to do it, um, but something else is going on while they are thinking about how to do a Casper 2. Um... Who here is familiar with a guy named Haim Saban? I okay, I'm getting I'm getting enthusiastic nods from Sean. Yep. 
I okay. Love Heim. Were you were you a we love Heim. Um were you a Power <laughs> Rangers kid cuz I wasn't. He produced this oh, whole big time. Oh boy. I love Power Rangers. It's an incredible <laughs> incredible piece of work. It's a it's a very frugally made piece of work. Heim Saban's deal is weirdly he's like he's like the Roger Corman of children's entertainment for like little boys who fight each other. Like he um Heim Saban was born in Egypt. Uh he and his family moved to Israel when he's very young. Um he serves in the IDF. Um and the main thing that he's interested in for a while is yeah, it's chill. No, it gets less chill. It's how um, all good movies just begin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of my favorite guys were in the IDF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the ghost train in this movie where you get trained in how to scare people is actually a, it's a parallel for the Georgia Israel Law Enforcement Exchange Program, where the yeah. IDF trains the Atlanta Police Department. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. worth more taxpayer money than our fucking. One thing public I didn't schools. like about this. One thing I didn't like about this movie is apparently Kaibosh is a racist Palestinian caricature. Did you guys know that? <laughs> That's what that's what Heim intended it to be. <laughs> those those protesters are like, don't knock down our history. <laughs> and at what point in the episode did you go out of your depth, Peach? Well, it's a funny story. Um, so Heim Saban is um is mainly interested in music. Um, and when he when he moves to the United States, he figures out really quickly that there's a lot of money in music for children's TV shows, because where like a sitcom might have like a couple musical stings right before and right after a commercial break or like on a scene transition, a cartoon will have wall to wall music um, and TV composers get paid by the minute. Um, so he becomes very, very clever at making not always particularly great music for early 80s kids shows. The big thing that puts him on the map is he wrote the Inspector Gadget theme song. Whoa. Yes. Now, the moment where he becomes I think a he fucking... came up with the lyrics while he was in the idea. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics! You know, this... This would go a lot faster if we had a guy who had springs in his feet. <laughs> it's it's a classic IDF march song. Is go gadget go, go gadget go. Uh, <laughs> so complicated, so nuanced, so complicated. Um, he he goes to Japan for I don't I don't even remember what, but while he's there. He catches um, the Japanese kids show that will eventually become Power Rangers. And he has this light bulb moment where he realizes um, all of the, the stuff in this that kids get excited for, all of the action scenes where it's kids wearing spandex and helmets and everyone's faces are covered. This is the really expensive stuff and it's already been made and you could show it anywhere. So if I bought the rights to this show, brought it over to America, and the only new stuff that we film is the stuff with the kids, uh, their bullies, Balkan Skull, uh, and Rita Repulsa, if that's the only stuff we film, we can repurpose the rest 
and just add new dialogue. He spends forever trying to get it picked up. He eventually gets it onto the Fox Kids network and it becomes like the biggest moneymaker on the biggest Saturday morning kids channel that's that's going. So he starts producing way, 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 way more shows for Fox Kids. And then eventually like um, Rupert Murdoch wants to buy Power Rangers and all his other shows for him from him so that he can go over by the family channel and make a 24-hour kids network. And Haim Saban instead negotiates making it a joint venture, um, which alone, that business decision makes him a fucking billionaire. Thus, the Fox family channel, later the ABC family channel, later Freeform, is born. Um, and they start filling up their airwaves with as much shitty content as they can find. But one of the things that they acquire is Harvey Comics, which owns Richie Rich and Casper. Um, and so they saw that the Casper movie made a bunch of money, figured out that they could rush out a sequel really quickly um, without having to spend too much on special effects. The result is this thing, which looks like an educational CD-ROM game. Yes. Like like Jumpstart Third Grade 1997. Yes. Uh, and and they also make the one we're gonna watch right after this. Um, yes. Yeah, baby. Uh, Casper meets Wendy. Both of them are directed by with Lizzie McGuire in it. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, yeah, yeah, I think that has Hilary Duff. Introducing Hilary Duff. Yeah, Hilary Duff. Yeah. yeah. I'm so fucking excited. The, the thing I do need to mention about Haim Saban is that becoming a children's media billionaire ends up turning him into one of the single biggest donors for, like, the centrist right wing of the Democratic Party. Um, he will... He donated to W. Bush for a while. Basically, his policy is he will donate to anyone as long as they are pro-Israel. As long as they are willing to commit lots and lots of money to the IDF... He will be, like, I think he might have been the single, fact check me on this, but he might have been the single biggest individual donor for Bill Clinton and is later a gigantic donor for Hillary Clinton. He's Yay. he's basically super evil, and uh, I just I just love him. I just think he's the best. I, really, I thought, like, from what you were saying about being in the IDF and starting a media empire with Rupert Murdoch, that he'd probably have like a pretty good head on his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> well, IDF Inspector Gadget theme song. You know, yeah. it's like you take the good with the bad. People are it all balances out. It yeah, all balances it really out. Does. It's sort of cancels. Um. It is so funny that that is the the level of like behind the scenes um b bizarreness that we're seeing when this is the product which i could yeah. <laughs> i was about to describe as inoffensive but that's not the word um, <laughs> it, it's close but it does find a way <laughs> it does offend it, i i really can't get across the tone of this thing enough like it, it, or, or at all like it's like it's like an abrasive wholesome, you know, like it yells at you and it yells at the kid so much. <laughs> it yells at a little boy mostly, and then 
it's also like, you know, everything works out in the end and he doesn't get blown up. But he almost got blown up, which is that wholesome. You know, we're on the edge here. It's like racy wholesome. (laughs) I mean, they don't know that there's a bomb in the building, but bullies do push this kid into a closet and nail the door shut. I'm like, he's gonna die. Yeah. Even if it didn't blow up, he would die. <laughs> yeah, slower, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> With These more time boys. to think. Without the help of his two-hour new best friend, Casper, <laughs> there's no way that that kid would be alive today. He would be starving and screaming into the echoes of that that way less cool set than the last movie. I um like I think like PJ and Becky, if either one of you betrayed me on a deep personal level, I think maybe I could say how could you? Because I feel like, PJ, I've known you close to a decade, and Becky, I've known you for a little over a decade. So if you did something really fucked up to me, I might say, how could you do this to me? If I knew you for probably a total of three hours and 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, I think they're at the door, and I open it, and you're not there, I don't think I would start... (laughs) hitting my room with a bat (laughs) screaming how could you do this to me pj and or becky and also what are we doing for you and your dad's relationship (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not great that a dead boy has to save you and your dad's relationship it's like it shouldn't be hinged on that (laughs) yeah yeah wait yeah casper's definitely got a lot more problems i think (laughs) yeah You're putting a lot on his pretty yeah, stressed out. Casper really needs to put on his own, like, life vest before he helps the little boy. Yeah, What's yeah. the little boy's name in the movie? Toothy. Toothy? No. Toothy? no. Chris, Chris, Chris. That's not his name. It's Chris, that's right. Chris. I Chris. should remember, because I'll never forget how much he yelled it, and as though it was his ex-wife or something. It was unreal. (laughs) One other thing about this movie is that I didn't find myself rooting for anyone, and I also (laughs) didn't find that there were any antagonists other than the bullies. Like, Kaibosh turned out to be a nice guy. (laughs) The blow-up, the demolition boy was uh, just kind of doing his thing. Yeah, for sure. The dad was just ill-informed, and I wasn't rooting for any of the protagonists either. It was just, like, several different bags in the wind. That's what makes it a farce. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or, like, an episode of Planet Earth. (laughs) Yeah. Look at these bonobos. (laughs) The father does not attend the parent-teacher conference. (laughs) The young boy consoles himself with fantasies of a dead bonobo. (laughs) He opens the door expecting to see the dead bonobo, but he is not there. The little bonobo is devastated. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Casper. This this crazy white boy. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, tagline. New tagline. (laughs) <laughs> That's you know how they changed the tagline for like China. 
That's what they changed the tagline for, like, the Bronx. <laughs> the Ghostbusters answer the call of 1997 was Casper, <laughs> that crazy white boy. <laughs> Dat crazy white boy. Everything else is the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't have a quirked up white boy busting it down sexual style in our trio. <laughs> First thing we're going to do is teach you how to bust it down sexual style. <laughs> Say Fatso, is he goaded with the sauce? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. There is one other, other notable fleshy. Um, in the proceedings here, who who I do think is worth talking about is um, the 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 auteur behind uh, Casper, a spirited beginning, and Casper meets Wendy is uh, is Sean McNamara, who's um, he's he's like a like a venerated like TV director um, just just by like the sheer tonnage of shit that he's directed and like projects that he's taken on. He's like he's such a a credible like workman of like mid kids entertainment. He's like he's yeah. he's the Kenny Ortega of straight people basically because he he also <laughs> veers into doing like a lot of like inspirational Christian movies. The thing I know him from is that he was one of the main series directors and producers on Even Stevens, um, which I remember for being like. Yeah. A little bit funnier as, as like a Disney Channel show than it necessarily had to be, like successfully funny, including like the even Stevens movie is like has has way more jokes landing than than any decom has any business with. But yeah. in in movies he, he also has his name on like a bunch of like like beloved stinkers. Um, like he's the guy who did like the Bratz movie. Which I think people have like requested oh. we do more than once, um, and he's he's currently doing a uh, very sketchy looking Ronald Reagan biopic with Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> he is a. Um... What's the angle there? <laughs> <laughs> the the angle is. Thumbs up more, please. Yeah. Um, it's that'd about be Reagan's three uncles. <laughs> <laughs> Mother, this is fat. So. <laughs> Great Reagan. Oh <laughs> really good. Old Reagan. <laughs> Sorry, PJ, you were going to ask Becky something. Oh, I mean... <laughs> That was a Reagan. A good Reagan impression was better than anything that I. I Becky had just pointed something out about like the tone of direction here, where it's like grating wholesome, and that really seems to be Sean McNamara's like bread and butter, um, in terms of like the vibe of his stuff. Um, the the parts of this where I I felt like I could recognize him. Um, a lot of the the stuff with like the human bystanders reacting to ghosts. D does have like a very like like a whacked out like even Stevens vibe. So like there is much. there's one gag that made me cry with with laughter, which was uh, <laughs> Casper scares an old lady 
Um, and when and she screams, and we like whip pan over, and she's been replaced by a double who's just doing like an Olympic amount of flips, like away from the camera in fear. And I was like, okay, Sean, okay. Point point one to McNamara on this one. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that shot and then being like, "All right, that was great. Let's get another one." Of those. <laughs> it's so funny to ask someone to do that. <laughs> there is something so otherworldly about the screams in this movie. Like I kept thinking of in like in the end of The Shining. Where where Scatman Crothers is like finally got to the overlook and is like walking down and then the scream Jack Nicholson does when he pops out from behind the pillar with the axe and gets him in the chest like all of the ADR screams about Casper the friendly ghost have this like ragged murderous edge to it like it's just like oh geez ghost behind me (laughs) you think they had a guy come in and do this (laughs) just indiscriminate of demographic like that's how it sounded (laughs) yeah yeah Haim was like, I've got some recordings for you. (laughs) Yeah, because he's in the IDF, he knows what a scream sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that's it. (laughs) That's a scream. Don't worry, I get my guy from Israel. (laughs) (laughs) Some guy at Video Village being like, something's not working about this scared crowd. And Haim being like, I know what to do. A an, an, uh, great scream shot was when he eats the dynamite and then it like explodes, but it's in his body, so that everything is shaking. They have like the protesters like going whoa, and it, <laughs> that's really funny. But if you look at that shot, they're all lined up like a little too perfectly, like one row here and then another, <laughs> and then they're all wearing like a different solid color, and it really. <laughs> It looks so funny. And what's happening is, if you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is a good CGI. But as an adult, you just recognize that the guy did this with the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy, and everyone went, whoa. (laughs) It's really amazing. They're like, earthquakes are actually cheap to film. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We can do that right now. Just shake shake that shit. Sean said, I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the camera, something that really drew me in was whenever... So whenever the camera sort of like bibs and bobs around, and there's a surprising amount of seemingly handheld shots in this movie, the way they convey the ghost movement is to have the ghost stay in the exact same place in relation to the camera moving. So it in essence looks like Casper or Fato or Stinky or whomever has just been sort of painted onto the camera lens while it gently shakes. It's extremely unnerving. It was scary. It was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was really unsettling. It was like... 
There's like a subjective camera where like they're holding the camera. It's kind of like a reverse Evil Dead. It's like the ghost isn't like behind the camera moving it through the woods. It's Stop, like you're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I thought about a ghost and got really scared. Just an idea. This is hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody, for screaming like that. I just thought about Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> The first, the first Casper, like one of the. Think about Stinky Becky. <laughs> she got really I'm scared. So scared. <laughs> I'm so scared. If he was my uncle, like I feel like he'd like. <laughs> I feel like he'd like give me smacks on the butt, and like I wasn't supposed to do anything about it. <laughs> he is scary. <laughs> He is a ghoul, a specter. He haunts. Not even getting into the stinky element, which is so scary. Which is exponentially scary. Every family reunion, he's like, hey, want to see this trick I can do? And you're like, Uncle Stinky, I know this one. Jesus Christ. This is why my mom doesn't fucking call you anymore. Uh, Stinky, why do you sound like that? We're from Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Dixon, you brought up The Shining for a second, and I remembered um, the weirdest fucking shit on the IMDb trivia for this movie. Um, Which, of of course, I use like a JSTOR primary source. And just just regard it as, like, law. I just regard it as science, whatever's on there, no matter who added it. Uh, A lot of it is, like, very, like, boilerplate, like, IMDb trivia stuff. It's stuff like, uh, you know, whatever. This is a reference to Police Academy 2, or this is a reference to, like, a Budweiser ad. The final item on this is, um, Brendan Ryan Barrett. I'm quoting word for word. Brendan Ryan Barrett is purported to be able to see spirits with a little gift called The Shining. No (laughs) fucking... Do you think that's why they cast him? Open casting call for haunted children. (laughs) (laughs) Sean McNamara did so many takes that Stephen (laughs) Gooden... Ernest haunting way. <laughs> Will, no, William Shakespeare. Oh my God, Abu sees. Abu sees. I was like, I I'm gonna finish this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: Isn't that like ten minutes into the movie? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that like not into the movie at all? It's like the start for sure. <laughs> The group of bullies run into the lonely kid in the library, and the kid's like, I have a ghost friend, and the main bully goes, what's his name? Ernest Hauntingway, and all the other bullies laugh like he fucking got his ass. That is a joke at the expense of no one that isn't funny to anyone. (laughs) They're like high-fiving each other. Also, how do they know who or what Ernest Hemingway is? They're way too young. These are very literate seven-year-old bullies. Bullies, yeah. They are maladjusted, but they do read the New York Times review of books. 
if you just if you just name authors, that's mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey twerp, who's your friend? Salman Rush die. <laughs> Flannery O'Boner. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken that over haunting way. There's no ghost fun, but it's still it's funnier. <laughs> e boo white. Okay, that's that's it. That's all I got. I just feel like from there, like Chris never recovered from that burn, like for the yeah. whole film, and like I just feel like he didn't bring it for the rest of it because like he took it too personally, like as an actor. <laughs> You just couldn't, like, get out of that head Shake space. That. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. leave it on the floor. No, and, like, you can't take it home. You can't. Take no. <laughs> you can't You can't take uh, another child actor saying Ray Boodberry. Like, you, you just got to leave that on set, man. He didn't mean anything by it. <laughs> I do have a question. You know, a, a lot of this movie hinges around, um, what did... What did we decide the name of the city was? Deedsbury? Deedsville? Like Deedstown. Deedsbury. Something. something like that. Deedsbury has like There's a... no bear. I think it's town. <laughs> I don't know why you're calling it bear. The city of no berry. <laughs> Population zero berries. Um, they, have a, they have a horrible gentrification problem. And Lori Laughlin is, is trying to stand up to it. Um... Did we ever figure out what uh, what Applegate Mansion like used to be? They said that the Applegate family built it, but they also have um, a statue of a Civil War soldier outside. So depending on Uh-oh. what state this is in, that's either <laughs> an, a neutral statue or a not good statue. <laughs> oh no, she's like a huge states' rights person. <laughs> No wonder she cares so much about this fucking mansion. <laughs> Damn, dude. We see her car later. It's a good thing we don't see her bumper stickers. <laughs> don't want to see that stuff. Yeah, we don't know what the Applegates were about, but we know that they had a lot of money and built it in the 1800s. I think she just said, like, they're the reason we have a town at all, which, uh, I mean, you're a teacher, like, I don't know. How much pride do you have in this town that probably pays you like $11 an hour? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I like that they, they do make her seem crazy because when she's in <laughs> the do. teacher's lounge yelling about it, everyone's like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they do. The movie is like, she's not our hero. She is a weird thing about the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, I've never seen a hot girl really care about a building like that. That's what I'm saying. That's why I can't get over it because it's such a weird fixation. <laughs> hot chicks don't care about buildings like that. Not anymore, they don't. Not since 97. Yeah, not, <laughs> not anymore, they don't. They broke the mold when they made Miss Fistograph. <laughs> yeah, also crazy name. That is such a fucked up name. Why? Why did they go with that name? <laughs> Where is she supposed to be from? Where does she hail from with fistograph? <laughs> of the Vermont fistographs. Yeah, we see this incredibly hot woman already like singularly obsessed with preserving this building and then like like a little cell cluster that grows off of that obsession is 
one with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Her like, nemesis. and then like, the small parasite that she has is like, ugh. I also teach kids. <laughs> like, she just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like a little, the little sharks that eat the dead skin cells off of the great whites back. Like that is that's, that's her. Mouth. I should teach kids. <laughs> yeah. This really is one of the only times that I've ever found myself being like, maybe you shouldn't politicize kids. Maybe maybe you shouldn't be getting kids into social justice because I don't <laughs> trust you with it. You personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I feel like that's a singularly misfistigraphion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I um I also like that they threw in that um little note to the viewer where after the explosion happens, she's like nursing his non-existent head wound, and he's like, ah, it hurts, and that's such a wow. That could be his mommy now. <laughs> <laughs> It's really insinuating mommy now moment. You know what? Like she didn't earn it the whole time, but the whole time I'm like, she's giving stepmommy. Like yeah, the whole big time. time. Yeah. She's definitely giving woman. Yeah, she's yeah. giving woman. She's giving building. She's giving yeah, giving she's, building. She's giving like property manager. <laughs> She's just never giving teacher. (laughs) (laughs) That's the principle during her internal review at the end of the year. You're not giving teacher. (laughs) A weird principle, by the way. Yeah, the principle had a lot of angry lines. The, the principal manhandles those children. He whips them <laughs> yeah. around like sacks of potatoes. Like he, yeah. he moves them in a way that he shouldn't. He picks them up by the scruff like they're puppies. I feel like at yeah. all is too much. But that was like, <laughs> yeah. he was like mad comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, what was that little scene where he sees the ghost and then he goes up to the teacher and he's like, I need you right now. Like he's trying to fuck right there. Yeah. What? I didn't understand that. I think it was just him being like, I need you right now because there's a ghost chasing me. But then she's yeah. like, oh, pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, and she screams like, yeah exactly yeah exactly she does that same fucking idf shit because casper like scares the principal on the toilet and when and like holding toilet paper goes "Uh, i think you might need this right about now and then the principal starts doing that i think i heard my upstairs neighbors get home so i'm not going to do the scream but he pulls up his boxer shorts which appear to be covered in miniature red bloody hand hand prints okay i don't i feel like that's an easter egg (laughs) like what's that about yeah it's like their idf regulation (laughs) (laughs) heim's personal pair (laughs) no 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 he should wear these (laughs) (laughs) his boxers had like a logo on him and they're like we don't have any boxers for him it's like i have boxers (laughs) 
just feel like it's really, you know, it's really strange garb for a professor, for a, for a principal. Like, it's, you know, it says something weird. Because the handprints are so small. Like, you know, like, a kid had to touch them. I'm not going to say he was wearing them, but, like, I'm saying, like, it's a weird thing he did. He did not have to do that. Well, None of these people had to do any of what they do in this film. Yeah, yeah. No one had to do any of that. You know, not to not to blame things on Casper, because they're already, you know, that, that little white boy is low on spoons from all the things that he's going through in this movie. But he should not have been offering a strange man toilet paper while he was sitting in the bathroom stall. You ever tried that? It never goes the way you You're want right. it to. They're always You're like, right. are you in the right bathroom? <laughs> Asper, you ever heard of Spoon Theory? <laughs> even if he was opaque, even if he was human, that's scary. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let him figure it out, you know? <laughs> I think I would honestly be less alarmed if a ghost appeared in my toilet stall and offered me toilet paper than if a real flesh and blood person suddenly apparated into there and was like, you're going to need this. Because with a ghost, I'd be like, well, something's up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I have some thinking to do and thank you. So I think I actually love this movie. Um, (laughs) I must actually love it because I feel so much lighter, better, smarter, faster. But, you know, it was like, you know, I had to have a lot of grit to get to this point, you know, Mm -hmm. having watched the film and just, you know, like, you know, suffered through that alone. And I'm just happy to tell the tale now. I think this movie requires sort of, that that one scene in Midsommar where Florence Pugh runs into the building and starts crying and then everybody else starts doing her cries at the same time. <laughs> I think this movie sort of requires that same sort of collective unburdening. That's what I feel like you guys have been doing for me. Thank you. That's, that's what this podcast is. This podcast is like that, but for like riffs about the leprechaun. And surprisingly, that's... the IDF. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as a guest on this podcast, I really have felt like Casper talking to my three uncles um, (laughs) (laughs) as they taught me about myself and about our new race of people. So, Shonak, what I usually do towards the end of our episodes is I pull up some IMDb user reviews of Note, but there are... There aren't that many for a Casper Spirited Beginning. So what I have instead are a lightning round of Rotten Tomato user reviews, most of which are much shorter, but somehow just as confounding. Okay. Awesome. Let's go. Four and a half stars out of five. Adorable little ghost. (laughs) True. Okay, true. I know that's right. Half a star. The beginning of the end of everything Casper was. Oh, together that's a five-star review. (laughs) If we could just get these two guys in a room together, we could just stack them on top of each other. (laughs) If we could just reach across the aisle, but everyone's so polarized these days. (laughs) 
four stars. It's Casper. It's all good. <laughs> I think that was my review. <laughs> kind of what I said, huh? <laughs> I nailed it. No, you guys don't worry. Like, it's Casper. <laughs> it's Joe. It's my dude. That's my boy. Like, what were they worried about before? <laughs> four and a half stars. Yay, I love Casper, LOL. <laughs> One and a half. Casper, dot, dot. The friendly ghost, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> this one, this one might be my favorite. <laughs> I love this movie, Unhappy Face. Four and a half stars. Huh? <laughs> Whoa. Curveball, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> See, they love the movie, but they hate the mansion, so... <laughs> love it. Casper is also my nickname. <laughs> okay. Okay, two more. Three stars. No punctuation. Why is he so friendly? <laughs> too nice, giving me the ick? <laughs> Last one. I lied. I think this is my favorite. Five stars. <laughs> this was awesome to see in a real realm. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you just okay. don't see it in real realms anymore. <laughs> that review was left by Kibosh. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Kaibosh. We didn't even have a. We didn't even talk about Paulie Shore. Kaibosh like does strike me as like the kind of actor who would watch his own work and like comment on it. <laughs> yeah, he's really harsh on himself. So harsh, but like relieved that it turned out like this well in a real realm. I'm my own worst critic. Ha, 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 ha. What's up okay. with the IDF body? <laughs> My favorite uh, exit I've ever seen a character have was Kaibosh, where he goes, um, never darken my doorway again, and then he does an evil laugh, and then shoots green lightning and for no reason, and then flies away. <laughs> what? That, that is like throwing a smoke bomb on the ground and then walking through it to go through the, the exit. <laughs> what, a, what a drama queen. <laughs> Totally, I think I was so punch drunk on the movie that I didn't notice that the lightning does nothing. <laughs> he just does lightning and then flies up. What was that? He's like, don't forget, I can do this too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CGI guys like did the lightning and they were like, wait, he's flying up? Why did we spend three weeks doing lightning in a circle? <laughs> Well, look, now that um now that Disney has had an AI um download enough uh audio of James Earl Jones's voice that through re-speecher they can have the ghost of him say anything that they want to on the Disney Plus series Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um the possibilities are limitless for how many new 
uh, adventures, we can see Kaibosh uh, and his everyone's favorite sidekick, Snivel, uh, go on <laughs> together. The, there's there's so I'm a many protocol new... droid, buddy. <laughs> 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 I guess um, the, the the end of, of where this movie's going and where it picks up with later entries is um, they they really tried to market the fuck out of Casper a spirited beginning being straight to video and being on on um, the Fox family channel did not make the money they thought it was going to neither did Casper meets Wendy um, and so after after two outings Saban Entertainment, uh, says, "Hey, Universal, you can, uh, you can, you can have this back." And the Casper IP is getting passed around like a blunt at a party. This, this, this poor little boy. No one, no one wants him. It's just like the real Casper. It's like he doesn't have anywhere to go because he's too scary. He's so <laughs> scary, and he gives everybody social anxiety. <laughs> Never do that at a party. I'm telling you. He's making me do emotional labor. <laughs> Listen, that's no joke. Casper, in his first appearance in that town square, causes a lot of falling down. <laughs> Maybe one of our nation's worst examples of a lot of people falling over. <laughs> The movie asks, like, what if you weren't upright? It's fucking scary. What do you think Casper was doing during 9-11? <laughs> hey, really? what are you guys doing in the cockpit? <laughs> You're gonna need some toilet paper. <laughs> Eating the box cutter? Is that too much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those guys were just gonna land the plane somewhere quirky. <laughs> And then the ghostly trio came out of the baggage carry-on. Like, One ticket to New York. <laughs> Smellogram, blah. Smellogram. That's why loose change. Like they go over. Like where are the green clouds coming from. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean. For being Thank you Seanic, for having me. This is so much for fun. Being here, this was amazing. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, um, always be friendly, like Casper. Oh, true. Aww. And where can we find that? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, you can follow me on Instagram. Hell yeah! This was so much fun and. Thank you for having me. Well, we'll um do you want us to link um I'll take it on the Instagram or anything like that? Oh, that would be super red. Yes. Oh please. yeah. It's it's a very, very fucking fun, funny, like awesome handmade show. It's like it's like everything that Casper a spirited beginning isn't. The critics are the critics are afraid. <laughs> That was the only review we got. The opposite of Casper. <laughs> if it's not in 240p, I don't really want to watch it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we can do it. <laughs> we can make it work. <laughs> we, we got it for this real cinephiles. We got you in 240. <laughs> but can we can we see it in a real realm? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is now available in a real realm. For the longest time, it was not. 
but after <laughs> spirited discussion from fans, we started offering it in the real realm. <laughs> Casper and spirited discussion. <laughs> Dead horses, Dixon Cashwell, Becky Granger, and PJ Audenzia. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for our podcast art. Go to maxhuffman.com and order his book, Cover Not Final. Check out the rest of his art. You can find us on social media at Dead Horse Podcast on Instagram. Please rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Really does help. Uh, the music, that's right, the fucking, the start, um, the beginning is Descent into Lazarus by James Horner, and the end here is, um, uh, Ghosts 2, track 14, uh, by our close personal friends Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of, of Nine Inch Nails. I know them, uh, they give me high fives all the time, and, uh, they made fun of me when I walked out of a porta potty with toilet paper on my shoe. Trent Reznor pointed at it and was like, this fucking guy, he's, he's from New York. 